This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. As mentioned in the daily financial news this morning, July 21st, I had a special guest at 9 a.m. I have my good friend Stratton Brown coming on. How you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Absolutely. Folks, if you haven't seen some of Stratton Brown's past appearances on this show, first off, you are missing out. He is a legendary uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he is someone I go to for entrepreneurship. Uh, he has a business, which we will talk about momentarily, which he is helping me out with a survey uh, and others. Uh, but this episode is actually going to be talking about failure, uh, which is a topic that very few people talk about. But before we get into that, Stratton, let's talk about your businesses and whatnot so we can uh, have people reach out to you if they have any interest. Okay. First one, if you guys are looking for any Central Valley deals, send it to me so me and Mike can work on it. <laughs> um, and then if you need any type of virtual assistance in any business you have, you can go to callmagicians.com. We'll take care of you. All professionally trained people who can really reduce your overhead Yeah. and free up a lot of your time. What I've seen with virtual assistants is I think people are underappreciating just how much they can be part of your business, right? As you know, you and I have been talking about oh, um, gathering data from Fresno landlords. And it was, yep. it was basically an idea you had weeks ago that we've now implemented and we're collecting data just about a survey. And uh, again, there's so many ways people can use virtual assistants if you just focus them right. So again, what is the name of the company and how do you want people to reach out? Call magicians and you guys can just go online and set up a strategy session to see the biggest thing is, can we help you? If we can't help you, we won't work with you. There you go. I love that. Yeah. No is an acceptable answer, right? If we can help, great. If not, no big deal. Well, hey, one of the things you put out this morning, and, and I don't know I don't know if you noticed this, but I've noticed that the like last six or eight weeks, you've been very focused just putting it out there. And uh, I love that, right? We're just, we're talking about real world stuff. Not enough people in this social media dominant world speak facts and truths. And sometimes we have to have difficult conversations. And sometimes we have to talk about unfun things. So this is going to be talking about failures and the fact that we should all fail more. We should all celebrate failures. We should all learn the lessons and frankly, get better. So let's, let's talk about failure. Man, failure. nobody talks about failure, but anybody who's building anything, they should be still failing a significant amount, especially if you have like exponential growth right to where you're going to run into so many hiccups even if you do have consultants and coaches i run into failures all the time right like i can't have a coach for every single aspect of my life i fail as a father i fail as a spouse i fail as a business owner i fail as a leader fail as a salesman like there's you're gonna fail in so many different things and a lot of people can let it get them down but you really just need to be like okay damn i fucked up where can we get better here where can we get better here how did i fuck up and then I've really pulled it out of, I love Principles by Ray Dalio. I think oh, yeah. it's one of the best books like ever written. That's a big one. As far as, <laughs> it's a big one. But as far as putting your thoughts to paper and then at least 
I love it because he can hand it to someone and then he can give it to a computer and like make these decisions when this and this happens yeah. to kind of prevent the failure, right? Because he's like, I've learned all of these things. If this happens, this happens. So we should do this. And he's willing to tweak it. That's another big thing, right? Ray Dalio's uh, the biggest, at least I thought he was, or he may not be the biggest. Bridgestone, I think is the name of his company or hedge fund. Anyways, Bridgewater. he's had Bridgewater. Thank you. Bridgestone. That's a tire company, Bridgewater. And uh, anyways, he's had these mic- macro trends for decades and he's oh, yeah. always kind of tinkering with them, which is a big thing I liked about principle. For me, the one I thought about this morning is this one, extreme ownership. Um, one of my most prized possessions because I actually had it autographed by Jacko. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I met him once. It was kind of cool. Anyways, I digress. I flexed a little bit, but anyways, um, you got to own it, right? Exactly. You got to acknowledge that you even fucking failed in the first place. Yeah, you got to right? own it. I think that that is a great point. Like, I acknowledge that I suck. I acknowledge that I'm the one who fucked up and I'm the one who failed. And at least I'm a control freak, right? Yeah. Or it helps me feel better knowing that I have control. If you blame it on everybody else, I think that's the biggest thing. If you blame it on all of these outside sources, blame it on your team, blame it on this and that, one of your employees fucks up, like it's still your fault because you should oh. have done something better. You yeah. probably should have fired that person. You should have coached them up better. You should have coached up their coach better. Like it goes down the entire chain and all leads to you. And at least that gives me control. Yeah. And one of the things that I'd be, I've never thought about it this way. This is the first time I'm putting this to words. So I might misspoke. Uh, So social media has really amplified the highlight reel, right? You're a sports guy. You played collegiate one. You had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks. Um, But a lot of people are flexing the highlight reel. Nobody is flexing the bloopers or whatever else that, you know, the, the, the mistakes. Um, And we probably should, we should probably talk about those because I don't know about you, but I have learned more in my failures than I have in my highlight reel. The highlight reel is fun, but I learn more in my failures. Is that, does that make sense? I, it makes 100% sense, right? Because you aren't learning when things are going good because things are going good. Like there's no need to learn. If it's working, don't fucking fix it. That's yeah. like truly what I think. Like if it is working, we don't need to learn in that aspect. It's when things start to break down. That's when we need to learn, tweak things. So it does run right. Like I just don't see of how you would learn when things are going great. And I think there's a misconception in business to everybody talks about, oh, I want to get my business on autopilot. I want to step out of it. <laughs> or in all reality, right? Like to where you're at a scale, we have a property management company, but you're still like involved. Mm-hmm. And like that is a business. But if you are not growing and tweaking things and learning and failing, then like you're, you don't have a business. It'll eventually just die. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're either growing or dying, right? That's that's like building muscle. It's either growing or shrinking, they say. Yeah, so this is fun conversation to have because again, I speak to a lot of new investors, right? Most of the people that watch one rental at a time probably have a full-time job uh, or two, right? Or, or they work in multiple jobs. They have family. They, they were me 20 years ago, right? I think about that all the time. And I'm like, you know, I, I played this path out and I try to make it simple and, you know, Sometimes it just doesn't stick, right? I mean, and I'm constantly trying to figure out what message, what do people need to hear? Um, because yes, we have thousands of students in the course, how to get started one rental at a time, but why isn't it 10,000 or 20,000? And um, I'm constantly trying to ask myself what we could do better, right? Um, I'm not here for the pats on the backs and the attaboys and, the, and, and all of that. I'm trying to find the person that's, that I'm missing. That's, that's what keeps me up at night, if you will. What do you think? I love it. 
I mean, I love the pats on the backs and the attaboys, but I mean, well, when Elon became the richest man in the world, he puts out a tweet. Oh, wow. That was cool. Yeah, that's cool. Huh? All right. Now back to work. Like, what, <laughs> because it comes to, for, I've been really pondering fulfillment lately. Ah, okay. Right. To where I like, I was laying downstairs and like, I'm, we're at, with my parents and I was like, this is, as far as income goes, we make enough income to where this is amazing. Like I get to yeah. see my family every day, but then it was, am I fulfilled? Like, and then can I really, really do what I want? Right. Like, and like I said, I, I always talk to you about like, I'm going to buy a jet mm-hmm. so I can go do whatever I want. Right. But like, am I doing, is it fulfilling me? Cause I like get, you can get to a certain point of income to where you're just, you'll be okay. Yeah. Right. And entrepreneurship is roller coastery, right? But like, I bet you within the next year, if I truly didn't want to like really work yeah. and just kind of like manage things, I would be fine. But then am I fulfilled? Exactly. And I yeah. think I get more fulfillment out of failing and figuring things out and building something than anything, right? To where the money's not really an issue anymore. And like, you're already there, right? With the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like the money's not an issue, but like you're building something. It's fulfilling you. Like you're mm-hmm. excited about it. It's, What's getting you up in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. The reason I've been going for almost three years daily, right? And now I average five videos a day. That's, that's, that's 35 videos or more a week, all original, right? It's because yep. every day is fun. Believe me, I, people, people, if I was not having fun, I'd stop tomorrow. Right? It's, and it's, it's crazy. I think the helping people thing is one thing. I think wholesalers lie to themselves and like, oh, we're solving people's problems. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we are, we are solving people's problems, but I'm just, I just want to make some fucking money. Like, okay. Like how much do you want? Like, can we make this work together? And yeah. I try and be as transparent as possible. Like I'll solve your problems, but right. I do this to feed my children. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think there's, I just, I think we need to, especially in your family unit, whatever that is for you. I think, I, I think what I think we need to do is we need to, we need to involve our kids more, the next generation. Right. Um, and I think we need to talk about failures or mistakes or whatever you want to call them and involve them. So they learn from that. Right. One of the things that I remember right. from my youth was my parents being stressed out about money all the time. Now I didn't really know why I just knew we didn't have any. Right. I didn't understand whether it was credit card bills or income fluctuate. I mean, I didn't understand the pieces that put it together. I just knew mom and dad were fighting. It was about money. Get out of the house. I mean, that's all I knew. I would have, you know, thinking back, it would have been great if they sat my me and my sister down and said, this is what's going on. Dad lost his job. He's been out of work for four months. Um, unemployment's not whatever it is. Right. Just lay it out there. Yep. And. I think that would have helped us because right now, I mean, I had a, I was one of my personal things that only until recently I had to get rid of is I was always scared about money. Right. I always had to have more. I have like little, little pockets here and there. And it's, it's money was a big issue for me. Oh, it'll never go. It's what financial PTSD and like people don't acknowledge it, but it's a real fucking thing. Oh, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to talk to our kids. No, go. Well, think about all the people after 2008 who were really, really successful, who are now like scared to be an entrepreneur again. Yeah, it's because true. they have financial PTSD. Yeah, like it, it's not uncommon. We got to talk about it, right? We we just need to talk as a family, right? There's, the, I mean, the other thing I put out the other day is, uh, you know, we we talk about all the the sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns when life is great, 
But at least in your family unit, let's have some harder discussions and talk about real life. And it's not always pretty. Well, I mean, even cash flow, bro. Like people say cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Cash flow is not all created equal. No. Cash flow is not a W-2. No. Your cash flow will go up and down and up and down. Even though, yes, it is cash flow. It is not all the same every, like, I don't know. It's just not that way. And I think that's a misconception too. I just don't think anybody really talks about the cash flow and the mishaps of cash flow. And then the failures that you're constantly going through when people think someone's big to like, oh yeah, you have a really big business, but they, they just have bigger problems. Yeah, That's the only difference. They just have bigger problems that they do not know how to solve yet, but they still have issues. They're failing constantly. Jeff Bezos legitimately mm-hmm. is failing every day. No one else is doing what Jeff Bezos is doing with Amazon or with his space stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's in a constant trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And no one can tell him what to do. Mm. Yeah, because no he's, he's the first one. Yeah, exactly. he's the first one to do it. So he doesn't know he's got to just fail forward. Yeah. And, and I just saw a post yesterday after he uh, successfully landed uh, space tourism, as I guess they're calling the category now. He's got one hundred million dollars in bookings already for the next for the I don't know, for the foreseeable future for people going to get five minutes in space. Who knew? Right. Yeah. And he was the first one to do it. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So again, um, I'm curious inside, have you, so this post you put out again, uh, if people aren't following you on Facebook, they should, uh, have you adopted this model of, of, I don't know if it's celebrating failure, maybe that's the wrong word, but at least discussing and acknowledging failure inside your family unit. Um, my son's not quite old enough. How old? Sorry. To to understand. He'll be four in August. Right. And the biggest thing with my son I mean, I guess we're discussing failure, right? To where he gets mad when he can't do something and he like starts to cry like, hey, hey, hey hold up, dude. Let's breathe. Yeah, breathe. Let's breathe. Like, <laughs> let's, let's evaluate the situation. Like, how are we going to make this better? And like, get him to control his emotions okay. and get him to think critically, yeah. right? But I mean, I didn't start thinking critically until I was like 21. But like, at least, <laughs> yeah, at least thinking about how can I solve the situation and it's okay that it didn't go my way. Yeah. But how can I control it and think of ways that you can control things? The one thing I do want to teach him is that you, I told my parents all the time, I do what I want. Like, and my parents hated me for it. I was like, no, I do what I want. But I need to show my son, you can do what you want, but you got to know how to play the game. Like, yeah. how can you do what you want? Okay. That's right. the biggest thing that we're trying to impress on him. Because I, we're just playing Monopoly, dude. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, I actually did a post on, I think one of the things I took away from my vacation was just how much wisdom is in the game of Monopoly, right? It's, it's, it's pretty amazing, yeah. Um, do you talk about money at all? I know he's four, but I guess four might be too young. Have you done um, that yet? We haven't really talked about money. No. Um, well, the other day, oh my God. So <laughs> this is a funny story about money. Kalani's upstairs in my parents' room with him. And he comes downstairs with a pocket full of change. He goes, Nani, I got money. He's like, she's like, where do you get it? Grandma's room? <laughs> well, that's grandma's money. Nope, it's my money. It's my money. I'm rich. So that, that is our, so far our farthest conversation about money of him stuffing his pockets full of someone else's change. Money. Petty, petty theft. <laughs> petty theft, but it's his. It's his. He doesn't. I don't, I'll talk to him. I, I'll talk to him about how much we make. 
Okay. I'll talk to them about like how much we make compared to other people. Because oh, that is awesome. My parents never did that. I had no idea what my father made until I made more than him. I, you need to know, like, for one, I want him to have goals of like, okay, you need to know like what type of money you need to be making when you turn 18. So you can keep living the lifestyle that you're living. That's like awesome. number one. Yeah. And then you need to be appreciative of the lifestyle that we have and the things that you're able to do and the things we can pay for, the things that we can pay for, for other people, the money we can donate, the amount of change we can impact on other people's lives by the money we make. Like, yeah. it's not just, um, money money like okay we yeah. got all this money it's what can we do with it I yeah think that's the biggest thing too but i'll talk to him about it i don't know i'm not one of those entrepreneurs who was like selling fucking candy bars and shit yeah as a kid like that's not me whatsoever and if he wants to be that way cool mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna homeschool him though like i'll pay for a teacher just because i don't need someone indoctrinating mm-hmm. my child with their belief system that i don't believe in yeah I got you. Yeah, that's one. That's one of that's one of my. I don't have many regrets in life. That's one of the ones I think. You know, looking back, we should have we should have done a little bit better. Uh, with Teresa, uh, was talking about money, right? We um, we just didn't do that enough. That's something. Well, I- it's taboo because people are ashamed of how much they make, and I'm ashamed of how much I make compared to the people I'm around with, but. Let's be honest, like compared to most people, me and you make more money than a lot of people do in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't know, I, I want him to be exposed to it. Like I want him to know what's possible, what he should be doing, and then not be afraid of talking about money because mm-hmm. I don't want him to have that mindset of money. Like money's a bad thing. Yeah, He's scared yeah. of money. We don't have enough money. Like I want him to have an abundant mindset. Yeah, that was a big thing. Again, that's when I look back at my childhood, and if you ask me to, to name one thing I learned and that that's mon- money is the root of all problems. Cause when my family was good, we had money and it was only good a couple of times. And uh, when we, when it was bad, it was all about money. It's yeah. You got, yeah. You got to get rid of that. So any closing thoughts about this word, this word failure. Uh, and I love, uh, love that you put that out this morning or, or yesterday evening. Um, failure, do it more. And it's okay. Don't be don't, afraid, right? You, you can't be afraid of it, dude. Like, and I put in my post, like we, again, we failed one of our clients this last week. And I know my client will see that. And like, there was no hard feelings. We're like, okay, I know I failed this person, right? And yes, there comes with growing pains with growing a decently large company really fast, but like, it's still a failure. And we got to learn from, it. I don't think you should ever think your failures are okay is another thing, right? So there's a very, very fine line of failing and like oh no it's fine everybody fails to where like failing no it's not fucking okay yeah like it's not okay we're gonna adapt and we're gonna get better but it's a failure yeah i'm I'm really happy with failures it's funny you bring that up because i ran sales teams you know where we're doing tens hundreds in in one year had a billion dollar quota and we had what's called a quarterly business review they're called qbrs i had Mm -hmm. I, i had qbrs for 20 years of my life right and it is amazing, right? I can't tell you how many times we went into a QBR and we talked about our wins, right? A couple of times I went in and said, all I want to talk about is our losses. And nobody wanted to talk about it. I'm, and I got up there and I just let them, I, met, I remember one time I just let it go and full swear words, full thing. I'm like, we do not win 100% of our deals. I see your pipeline. I see what we close and we don't close. If somebody doesn't get off their ass and up on stage, we're not going anywhere, right? And it was, 
we just had to do it. And we actually found, you know, after people got uncomfortable, that was the best single day of a QBR for me probably in a decade when all we did was talk about failures because we actually documented things we could fix. Exactly. Right. You can't fix anything when you win all the time. When you win all the time, you think marketing is great and we have no competition and our references are the best. But when you spend the day talking about your failures, you realize you only have two references. They say the same thing. Other person left the company, but he's doing us a favor. And, you know, our POC sucks and it doesn't get installed and you got to be on this and you got to do that. And, oh my God, we were able to solve problems. So talk about your failures more. And we, in our company, I'd make everybody share their, share their failures in our weekly meetings. Like, I need That's to know genius. your failures. Like, where did you go wrong? Like, and I, I share like, where did I, I share like, no, I fucked up here. I fucked up here and I fucked up here. Like, and all right, I need to hear your failures. So number one, we can address them. Yeah. And then we can come up with game plans, yeah. especially like when you're growing, like you just need to know because they're there and it's, I don't it's, I feel like it's on the same side of the spectrum. Like it's just constantly there. It's like not acknowledging the devil. Like, yeah. oh no, that person doesn't exist. Oh, oh they're that. never there. They're never there. They're never there. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Like you got to acknowledge it and acknowledge it and acknowledge it and learn how to live with it. Yeah. What I would tell you as a sales team, probably the same as an entrepreneur. If you spend all the time looking at your highlight reel, you're actually getting worse. You're getting worse every day. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Strat. We are going to have a topic number two, but one more time, what's the name of your company if somebody wants virtual assistance? Callmagicians.com. And then if you guys are looking to do deals in the Central Valley, reach out to us. There you go. Thanks, Stratton. Thanks.